Back to the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are rocking out as we like to do, and especially just one day before game day. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Wingstop. Wingstop. Go and get your chicken sandwiches and, uh, or, you know, classic traditional wings as well. Uh, once again, shout out to Good Sense. It's been Good Sense Friday here at the Ticket. Uh, we always enjoy our meals from Good Sense. You should, too. Uh, and uh, also want to give a shout out to Brian Munson, who, even though it's his birthday... Wants to rock out with us and get here on the Ticket Water Cooler. Brian, happy birthday, and thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. 24 again. I'm look, I, it's, it feels good to be 24 again. It's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, Do you do anything special for your birthday, or you kind of try to avoid pe- pe- people telling you happy birthday all day? You know, I, I, I appreciate, you know, the observance and everybody else trying to trying to do this stuff. I, I try to treat as much as, as I can uh, as another day. Last night was special. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, so that was that was phenomenal to watch those guys decimate the, the Rams. It, it looks like they're kind of living up to the hype, which had me pretty scared. Um, tonight might be dinner, and then I, I honestly, I, I might even try to sneak in a high school football game. Um, I think that Arlington Martin, Sergio Snyder is playing against Allen. So I, I may try to figure out if I can get myself over that football game tonight. That'd be cool. Look at you enjoying your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> we try. I know Josh Allen gave you a stiff arm for your birthday. That's what he gave you. <laughs> I tell you what, that was beautiful last night. I mean, it looked very uh, Derrick Henry from a couple of years ago. So Ooh. this is the quarterback, you know, doing that thing. But And then he's also going Superman from the two-yard line. Like, uh, the, the guy's – the guy is so entertaining to watch. He just has so much fun out there. Dude's a freak. And remember, Nebraska beat him, and Nate Gary handed the ball back to him. <laughs> I, I, actually, that play just popped up on Twitter not too long ago, and it was like, I remember that now. So uh, that's that's that, those are those are some fun memories. I don't know if they could do it again, but uh, he's he's definitely special. Yeah, I think they picked him off like three or four times. Oh my god, it was a good yeah. it was a good game for Nebraska. Yeah. Those were good times. Uh, <laughs> hopefully Nebraska can get back to good times uh, going up against Georgia Southern this week. Let's start with recruiting, though. What does it look like as far as a visitor's list uh, for now the second game in Lincoln this year? Yeah, um, five guys coming in. So three guys that were there last weekend. I mean, as far as a 2023 commitment group. So you, you're getting Gatula and Noonan and Sledge to come back in. But Benjamin Bramer's coming in, the, the tight end commitment from Pierce, and you're getting Brock Knutson to come in, the offensive tackle from Scott's Bluff. So that's all good stuff. But then you get into, like, who are the guys coming in that are uncommitted visitors but that are still hold, like that are holding a Nebraska offer already? Headliner, again, Malachi Coleman. Malachi Coleman was in attendance for, for last week's game against North Dakota. He's there again this weekend against Georgia Southern. And he's not coming alone. He's bringing with him his friend, Benny Nagoe. So Benny Nagoe, the Lincoln High wide receiver, maybe slash athlete, because Nebraska had kind of started to look at him maybe as a as a defender, you know, and the Iowa State commitment. He will be there as well. And then uh, another fun guy to talk about, BJ Kennedy, uh, from Topeka, Kansas, the the edge, six foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds. He's got to be right at the top in Nebraska's board as far as like the top twenty four regional guys that they want to make sure that they're that they're trying to get in on. He's at the top of the list. He's been at Nebraska at least two or three times here in the last year or so. 
Uh, and then the last guy coming in with an offer already is Kamari Moore uh, out of uh, Lee Summit North High School in, in Missouri. He's a 2025 player. Uh, BJ actually before that was a 2024 guy. So you got a few guys coming in this weekend, a couple guys right there from Lincoln, uh, one from Kansas, one from Missouri, so two other regional guys. And then there's just some notable guys that are coming in you know, from, from in-state. And, and, and honestly, there's another guy from Two Harbors, Minnesota, Zach Bentler, who's a tight end, 6'4", 230. But, like, you're getting Henry Prohaska to come in, 6'4", 210. Ashton Murphy, 6'5", 230. Both those guys are from Elkhorn South. There's a number of kind of edge defensive end guys in the state next week, like Joseph Stein from Grand Island Northwestern. He's 6'6", 225. Eric Ingwersen from Papillion La Vista, 6'7", 225. And then Cooper Johnson, interesting guy to kind of keep an eye on. Interior offensive lineman Cooper Johnson from Lincoln Southeast right there, 6'5", 285. He'll be in town this weekend too. So good little preview out there on, on Husker Online right now that I looked up yesterday. Uh, there may be some late additions. I saw some guys floating around some invites from Nebraska uh, as late as last night that were not on my kind of, kind of radar as guys that were coming in. So this, there may be some updates to come, but no official visitors this weekend again. But four guys coming in with offers, and it's interesting too. They don't. Have, I mean, it's. Uh, it seems like their class is, is is filling up. You know, they don't have too many extra spots. It's not a big senior class. Um, is that kind of the feeling going into that? I mean, I, I guess for for people that are focusing more on the field now and not as as much on recruiting, what what needs to happen with this class, or how many more guys do you think could join it? Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there's 14 commitments in, you know, and, and the NCA has allowed now those official visits to begin now in June. So you're seeing primarily all of your recruiting happening by the end of July. You're, you're having all of your, mm. your, your, your guests come in, your visitors come in in June. You know, by J- July 4th or so, you're starting to collect on, you know, putting your class together. By the end of July, you're kind of feeling and hoping that you're 80, 85% of the way done. Nebraska has got a couple of loose ends. Um, I, I think number one, Malachi Coleman, you know, would satisfy a huge need still, I think, to kind of occupy that third wide receiver spot in the class to kind of go alongside Jaden, or fourth one actually with Omarion Miller and Barry Jackson and Jaden Doss. Um, so there'd be four wide receivers there. I think they're still looking for an offensive tackle to kind of complement the three in, uh, in-state guys that they already have committed. Uh, and I think that they want to find, you know, some defensive line help. They have Riley Van Poppel, who's a very active, you know, three technique, uh, 6'4", 275-ish. They brought in the two junior college guys a couple of weeks ago, uh, and that was very successful for, for Nebraska. I think they're going to get a chance to host those guys again for an official visit. Um, so I, I think that those are really the big moving parts. Maybe defensive back. We might still be talking about defensive back. Keep an eye on Ryan Robinson, Jr., Edna Carr, New Orleans. I got a feeling he's going to make it, be making an announcement soon. He's already taken an official visit to Nebraska, though, to go along. So to go along with Dwight Boodle, they could be looking at maybe one more defensive back. Uh, and Ryan Robinson seems to be the guy that Nebraska has their eyes on. You know, I hate to bring down the mood, Brian, but la- uh, this this week there was it's a lot so of talk. It's done these days. Yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of hard not to. But this, this last week there was a lot of talk of what happened at halftime uh, after uh, North Dakota scored and, and the players are going into the locker room, the booing from the fans. Uh, have you talked to any of the recruits that may have been at that game? How, how did they react to that, and, and what would be kind of the impact of, of hearing that type of reaction from the home team or from the home fans uh, on a recruiting? 
recruiting visit? So I, I did, I did talk to eight or nine guys last weekend, you know, Caleb Benning. I spoke with, uh, um, Gunner and Maverick and, uh, um, uh, Jaden Doss. I spoke to, uh, Jaden Goodell who picked up the, or Jaden Riddell who picked up the offer last weekend. There was, there was really no comment and the defensive tackle guys from Iowa Western too, um, Thompson and, and, and Jamison Mason, they, neither one of them mentioned any type of reaction to the booing. Um, look, I get it. And, and those are, those are fans that are, that are booing the current team and, and the performance up to that point. I think that that was a tough first half because of, you know, when you get into that mode where uh, obviously they, they want to play some keep away and they saw that maybe your struggles with, potentially some conditioning issues. Maybe there was an underlying kind of bug and people being sick, you know, abroad over there in Dublin. Uh, because I, I think that there was a lot of people that were, that look a little winded, you know, particularly on the defensive side of the football. So if I'm North Dakota, I want to keep that defense on the field as much as possible. And I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and limit my substitution on my drive so that they can't get fresh legs out there against me. So I think that they did a great job of kind of doing that, but to in order to kind of get out of that, you've got to sustain drives and you got to put points on the, on the board, and that's exactly what Nebraska was able to do in the second half. It just took a little while to kind of get things to kind of keep to get momentum going back your way, but there was no there were no comments at all about about the booing specifically from last weekend. Yeah, it's interesting, I mean, and I've heard from you know folks that have went to their first game there, and, and I don't think the Nebraska fans left the best impression but it's just it's an it's an interesting time and certainly being tied yep. up uh and almost tied up going in the fourth quarter there too um was uh, it's not the normal uh memorial stadium experience i think that you <laughs> usually get uh this week what do you what do you expect to see do you think you're going to get um closer to normal people fired up or do you think there might be some some nervous nellies in the stands once again I, I think you're going to get a mixed bag. I mean, I think that people honestly feel like Georgia Southern shouldn't stand up to, to Nebraska, regardless of how how poorly some people feel like Nebraska is playing. That's probably like the 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 basis and where we're kind of starting this conversation. But what I think people need to understand is is that that quarterback that that Georgia Southern has has been in Nebraska before. He put up 50 passing attempts for Buffalo a year ago. He was kind of unflappable. There really wasn't a lot that I felt like Nebraska could do to kind of disrupt him. He was very much in the groove, in the pocket, feeling like he could kind of go out there and control his side of the football and control what things he wanted to do, and, and he did. Um, so that that should put some, you know, some at least some fear, at least into the, into the minds of Nebraska fans, to where you know you've got to dial up that pressure. You're going to have to have some bad things happen to Georgia Southern to kind of get things to go your way momentum-wise, similarly like what happened last week. And that when you have the football, you have to be effective and you have to put points on the football, or put, put, put points on the board. I think Nebraska fans should feel a little better, better because of what's going on in the offensive backfield between Grant and Allen. I think that both those guys clearly have emerged, Grant being that number one, clear number one guy. Um, you know, he's putting up some, some real big numbers as far as like, you know, how, how, you know, he hasn't, wasn't there last season, just got there in January. I think Nebraska is going to ride him again. I think you're going to see AJ Allen, you know, come in there and kind of spell him out. You might see a third or a fourth running back. I think that they're going to really try to get after it a little bit with, with running the football, which they should be able to do. And I think still Casey Thompson has performed well, even through the Northwestern game. 
Um, you know, I felt like he's done a great job. I didn't know really what Nebraska had with him after the spring game just because of the limit, the limit of the plays and the reps that he got. But it's very clear he's a very capable quarterback. So I think that Nebraska has to feel good at least But what's going to back there with him. We're speaking with Brian Munson of, of Husker Online, the on-three site for Nebraska. Brian, the first two games that Nebraska's played, their running defense has been tested. Georgia Southern is more of an air raid attack. They want to pass the ball. So how much confidence or, or what exactly are you looking for with Nebraska's secondary against this Georgia Southern and, and Kyle Vantrese, as you said, who, who's played here before? Yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to find ways to disrupt him. I mean, it's it's very. I mean, to to use kind of a similarity that maybe some people have got fresh in their minds from the game last night. You you're gonna have to try to get that ball out soon and quick. And you know that you're not playing against Josh Allen. You're playing against a guy, however, that still isn't 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 scared of having to wing it around and throw it around 50 times a game. So you're gonna have to find ways to be disruptive, and you're gonna have to find ways to bring various pressure pressure from various places on the football field. And you're going to have to try to get the offensive line confused, disrupt their communication, get get them outside of their flow, put them in some really bad down and distance. If you're allowing them to just kind of go down the football field and dictate things to you and get into those really kind of uh, uh, polite or generous kinds of down and distance, you know, that you can get into when you're, when you're a football field that likes, you're like a football team that likes to, to throw the football around. So you're, your third and short, your your second and five. You open up the entire playbook then to that team. You need to put them in some down and distance that they are uncomfortable working in. You need to make it to where they, they they're, they're staying in second and long, and it's and it's third and seven, third and eight, and you're and you're having to you're having more difficult conversions put in front of you to keep the drive alive. So that's that's the first thing you're gonna have to force some turnovers. Second, you're gonna have to find another way for for Garrett Nelson and an O'Shawn Mathis and a Caleb Tanner and and other guys to go, you know, disrupt things and get to the quarterback. Strip sack, like last week from Garrett, would be huge. But I think just kind of getting the pressure there, you know, a la uh, Von Miller last night, just putting him on the heels of Stafford, that was enough. If you if, if Nebraska can be consistent with the pressure getting there just to get the quarterback hurry there, it's going to help out that secondary because you're going you're gonna to impact accuracy. You're going to impact timing. And that's really what you need to do. You need to throw it off tomorrow. He is Brian Munson of Husker Online and On3 Sports. Brian, once again, thanks for joining us. Happy birthday. Enjoy your weekend of football. And maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll turn on a light show for your for your birthday tomorrow. We'll see after the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really do appreciate it, guys. Have a great week, and we'll talk soon. All Happy right, birthday, Brian. Yeah, there he goes. Brian Munson of Husker Online. Always great to get uh, his insight right before uh, the game. We'll have him every week here on Friday. Uh, getting you ready to specifically kind of know those recruits coming in and then uh, kind of get his thoughts on, on, on the game coming above. So uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, let's do this. Let's look at the top tickets. I always like to look at ticket prices Ooh. going into the weekend. Top ticket prices going in the weekend around college football. And some of the low ones as well. Uh, so we'll do that coming up next year on the Ticket Water Cooler 93.7 The Ticket.